Welcome to this week's edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. My name is Michael Bailey. I'm The Athletic's Norwich City correspondent, and I hope this finds you safe and well. For you this week, Friendly Fire, Bundes, what now? And Pick Pookie, then who? Leading us through it all, we have Norwich City Stats Guru, NCFC Numbers, aka Steve Sanders. Hi, Michael. You're right. Good, thank you. We also have TV commentator and Bundesliga aficionado, Dan O'Hagan. Good to be here. And big Grant Holt. I don't know if I'm supposed to still call him that. He's sort of ruffling his nose at that. Um, but a wonderfully funny man and a wonderful Norwich City fan, Mr. John Rogers. Good evening. Yes, indeed, John. Yes, indeed. Just about. It's been quite the day. Uh, how are we all doing? How is everyone? Just chirp up. Yeah, not bad. It's been, uh, you know, a bit of a lively day, but apart from that, it's all pretty good. Yeah, just just uh, put Dan's name in, in Google over the next day or two and you'll find out what's been going on. It's been quite a lively one. So rounding it off I went nicely. for a walk of the woods. There's nothing is more exciting than Dan's day, so... We see, John, you have a wonderful way of, um, of bringing your... A gorgeous little daughter into um, making the life a better place on on all the social medias. So thank you for that. Yeah, we've got the two extremes of social media really with with what's going on in John's life and Dan's life. So I think <laughs> yeah. I think it's quite a good mix, really. Yeah, you don't have to Google John. It's fine. <laughs> just <laughs> dig it up. It's all good. Um, Steve, how are you? <laughs> I'm very well. It's exciting that we've actually got like a panel. Tonight. It is. It's so uh, yeah. It's like it's going to be like a. Well, if, if it could get any better, this podcast, then uh, it, it will be. I thought, that, 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 people regularly get in touch to say it could definitely get better, so that's fine. Um, it does, four, <laughs> does four people constitute a round table? Square table. Uh, yeah, square yeah, one, isn't square it? Square really? table, yeah. So no is the answer, isn't it? Oh, well. <laughs> Right. Um, quick housekeeping. If you haven't been listening to our past editions of the On The Ball podcast through lockdown, then you've missed some real treats, I say, including our exclusive Canaries chain gang chats with Steve Morrison, Russell Martin, Andrew Croft, Simon Lappin, Adam Drury, Dean Ashton and David Fox. Uh, all were a real treat uh, and uh, definitely worth your time, which I would obviously say. Um, Uh, So make sure you catch those. Uh, As for this week, we are incredibly close now to the return of football. Not quite as close as we'll be next week. um, But, you know, it's a theme that we can stretch out, I'm sure, uh, given we've not seen any football for about three months. Um, Where I wanted to start the pod this week, if I may, was um, a slight extension of a piece I wrote on The Athletic uh, at the end of last week, which was rattling through my thoughts on what Daniel Farker's strongest eleven is heading into the final nine games of the season. Of course, given the fact that there hasn't been any football in a period of time longer than would normally be a closed season. And plus, pretty much everyone is fit as as well. So if everyone's fit and available, who does Daniel Farker choose? Uh, you can read that piece if you wish. And if you don't already subscribe to The Athletic, then I recommend you can take up our 30-day free trial by simply heading to theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod, uh, where you'll also get to read my exclusive interview with Louis Thompson that went live today, which uh, was a real joy to put together. Norwich's strongest 11. Um, some of this is really easy to pick. So shall we get rid of the easy bits to pick and see if anyone has any arguments with them in terms of maybe one end of the pitch and then the other end of the pitch? Anyone want to throw in any arguments or are we pretty settled on how that is? Pretty happy with, I think, uh, the, uh, the main grist to the mill. <laughs> Love it. Tim Krull, yes. 
Yes. Without question. He's had a wonderful season. Uh, leader on the field. Uh, we know off the field he's a great talker uh, with the players as well. You can't leave him out the team. He's head and shoulders number one. Other end of the Boyingly, pitch. Oh. I was going to say, he was, uh, he was kind of on a high after the Spurs game, the, the cup, you know, sprinting all the way down to, to the fans after saving the penalties. Could have used that energy and that positivity to go into the rest of the season, but obviously it got curtailed, didn't it? And hopefully he can carry that on. Be interesting being a goalkeeper without any fans behind you, like from either side. Mm. Yeah, you feel like that's something that Krull might thrive off as well. Yeah, indeed. We're going to come on to Timmy Pukki in a bit, um, as I did a, a piece on on him as well. So, um, would anyone put a case forward as to why Timmy wouldn't be starting striker come the restart, come Southampton on uh, Friday week? Not um, for me. I think he has to start. I think, you know, you go for your, um, your proven goal scorer in the squad right now. He's the only one who is a proven goal scorer. So, yeah, I think Pookie has to start. Yeah, agreed. Completely agreed. Obviously, Dermich got a goal against Spurs, but um, no, Pookie's still number one, isn't he? John, I mean, uh, Josip has now released a second single. I don't know if that alters the thinking at all. I've not heard it, so... Don't. Not... Okay. What's it like? <laughs> uh, well, you know his first, sing- his first single which he yeah. released in the middle of pre-season Perfect. when he was probably busy. Um, I, I, I didn't mind it. There was no tomorrow. It was, it, it resonated. Cinderella? Cinderella. Yes. Yeah. yeah mm. It's it's not, Cinderella. Okay. not really hitting the same vibe as his first, as his day, a difficult second single, I think. You wanted <laughs> to disappear by midnight. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's done with a rapper called, Oh no, I don't know that. Lumi, 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 I think, um, who's one of his friends. Although, as one of my athletic colleagues pointed out, Lumi does look rather a lot like Ryan Fraser, the Bournemouth forward. So I don't know if it's actually him. It wasn't wasn't how I was picturing him. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a fair point. Okay, well, let's. Uh, how about the the back four in the midfield? Obviously, and again, assuming which I did, it will probably be a four-two-three-one. Although, still kind of wondering if how things have changed and the availability of centre backs might mean that Daniel is tempted to um, play with a back three. But um, John, I'm going to come to you first. Who is your back four? Maybe most pertinently, who's the centre back pairing? Because that's that's one where everyone's going, "Wow, Tim Close is back brilliantly, but brilliant." But is he actually going to start? Well, that's the, that is. The, I think that's the only one that's up for grabs. To be honest, I think Ben Godfrey has to start because he's got the pace out of the four, and we need that that little burst of pace, that extra ten yards that he's got over, say, closer Zimmerman and Hanley. But who starts? I mean, Hanley's been brilliant. He's got better throughout the season. I mean, it feels it feels strange talking about the season because we've had such a long gap, and it feels like a brand new season. Like it's like a pre-season in between a, a season. Closer's not played any football for a long time. Although you did score a cracker in the in the little friendly they had today it at Carrow Road between it the two is. things. I look like I've never seen Norwich do like a a little corner routine. I hope we <laughs> do that again because I don't think it was meant to be like that. Um, I would go with Hanley. I think only because of I think he's a leader. He's the captain. He's st- he's played really well. He's got better throughout the season and. Yeah, I think the little pairing he had with Godfrey is the most settled, I would say. So I'd go with those two. Ooh. Obviously, the left back and the right back are, are, are not a question as well. Uh, like mostly because Sam Byram's still not fit, or even if he was fit? 
Oh, I don't think you can take Aaron's out. He's, he's playing brilliantly. Well, again, again, it's so difficult to say, isn't it? Because it's the start of a new season. I think it's recorded it that. So, but they, they, he's probably the best player I think we've got in, in the in the in the squad. Max Aaron's so he's got to start. And I, I would agree with Jamal really at left back as well. Um, what do you reckon, Dab? I think the only decision is the second centre half alongside Godfrey. Um, we know Closer obviously has got the experience. The lack of match fitness, of course, isn't a, isn't a thing because they've all got a lack of match practice now. Um, so do you bring him in? Do you leave out Hanley? It's a tough one. I mean, that for me is the only decision um, in the defensive unit. Um, I'd maybe lean towards Closer, you know, alongside uh, Godfrey. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Hanley's been wonderful. Zimmerman too has... It's been very good. I just think close what he brings in terms of experience at the highest level. Um, I think he offers maybe a little bit more know-how uh, in these important last games. See, this was, I, I, I agree with you both. It's just really interesting with Daniel that he hasn't played the two of them together since I think just Boxing Day of 2018. And, and generally both, both Godfrey and Closer seem to play on the left side under Daniel, which mm. raises the question of, and also, he always plays Christoph Zimmerman. <laughs> um, and I guess that this is probably a debate over who we would play, maybe rather than who Daniel would play, which I guess might be a slightly different result. Steve? Yeah, I mean, I think my answer to this question, I'm slightly copping out here, because <laughs> since, since you asked the question, I've been thinking, well, why, don't, why don't we go for a back three? Well, you know, we, we've got nothing to lose at this point. And, and actually, it, it's, it's not necessarily that we don't have the players to succeed. It's, it's just that we don't seem to, since sort of August anyway, have found a way that really works against Premier League teams. Now we've got the option of closer as centre-half number four. I mean, that, that's, to me, is the only thing that has stopped Farker from trying it up to this point. I think he might have tried it before now. And now that we've got four centre-halves, it almost feels like this, this massive luxury. So I'd almost be tempted to, um, I agree with Dan, I think Godfrey is a cert to start whether we go back two or back three. But I'd, be, I'd be tempted to throw Hanley and Closer in as well, although Zimmerman could easily play there too, and then and play a 3-4-3. Three, three. Because I th- the, other, the other thing, and I was sorry to jump up the pitch on this, but the, the, the number 10 role is something that neither Steeperman nor Duda have really excelled at this season. And... I wonder if, if kind of doing away with that entirely might actually help us out a little bit as well. I mean, I'm not at parties what they do on the training ground. Um, and funnily enough, I think we had somebody ask us um, just before the, 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 the break, um, do we think Norwich will go to a back three this season? And I think we all went, nah. Um, but now I think that we've starting afresh and we just need to go for it. We kind of think, why not? Quite a lot's happened since then, in, in fairness. And I, I, I think... I, I'm yet to speak to anyone who's kind of said that it's on the cards, which is why I'm being quite mm. cautious over it. But I must admit in my head, I'm thinking, go on, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Just go into the last nine games, doing something different and make people think about it. Um, but of course, then if, it, the, if, it, if it doesn't go right, we'd then lambast him for it. So <laughs> I think the addition of having five substitutes might change a lot as well. Mm. I think if we go one nil up with 10 minutes to go, I'll probably go for about seven or something. <laughs> every single... <laughs> defender we've got on just to defend that lead I don't know I think that we'll, I think we'll see a back three more often than you think actually that's a, a great point we'll come on to that with Dan as well in a, in a bit um, uh, so how about midfield then um, which I guess formation does kind of start um, making things difficult but who, uh, who, who do you want to play we've obviously got the defensive defensively sided 
um, midfielders in that lot, and then the ones who who are you know attacking, obviously more on the front foot in terms of Emmy, who still hasn't actually scored a goal yet this season, and mm. and El Hernandez is now back fit, Dan. So, what do you reckon? Yeah, um, I think Teddy has to start. I think you know, okay, he's not getting any younger, but he's still such an important player. They don't have another player like him in the entire squad, um, which is quite a damning reflection on Orange's recruitment that he's still, you know, mid-30s, injury-prone, but still a player who is so important to them. Um, him and Tom Tribal, maybe. Um, as I say, I think you can't, you can't hope to, to defend the back four without a player like Alex Tetti in the team. Um, so for me, he has to be one of the central midfield starters, definitely. John, Paul Kenny. I haven't been a big fan of Kenny McLean this oh, season, actually. Goodness. I know. I mean, he, still, he did a fantastic job early on in the season. But I think he gradually got, he kind of drifted away and he got overtaken. I think we need to be quite defensive uh, to try and keep some more clean sheets. I think that's the only thing. We've, we've, I think we've scored enough goals over the, over the season as a, as a bottom kind of six team. The bottom team. So I, I would go. I would yeah. I, I would go with Tom Tribal as well, alongside Teddy, and really defence ourselves up and let the boys up the top try and do what they do. Mm-hmm. I definitely des- desperately want to see Emmy get a goal. Yeah, it it'll doesn't. Happen. No, it'll, it'll happen. I'm convinced. It'll, it'll happen in the first game or two. No, no. On, on the flanks, it's kind of that wide area. It's, it's difficult. Onal really hasn't really pushed on, has he, when he's coming up into mm. the Premier League? It's, it's really difficult in there, isn't it? I mean, I think Duda will, will, will start. I think, I think Farker likes him, although he hasn't kind of excelled as much as we hoped he would. Mm. But I, it's, I, I, I don't think you can call it. It's the first time he's got a full squad to call it, apart from yeah. a couple, isn't it? For the first time in the season. It's a difficult job. I don't want to. I don't want to be two weeks in and going. Oh, he doesn't know his strongest team because <laughs> I hate that debate. But I mean, yeah, it does sound, by the way, that um, Andre Judas' loan will be extended, as far as I understand it. Um, hopefully, so just maybe getting the official confirmation of that. But he's there in training at the moment, and uh, I guess as long as Norwich have got a chance of survival, it's, I think Farker probably feels he's a better quality player than some that he's got at his disposal. So he is going to play him to see what he can do while he's got him. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, th- I think he deserves, he deserves that chance and we have probably haven't seen the best of him yet. Mm. Um, I'm not kind of deliberately being contrary with everyone, but I personally would like to see Kenny in now. I think, I think he has looked pretty good whenever I've seen him in either role this season. Um, but I think you, you would then need to pick Teddy alongside him at the moment. As Dan says, he, he has to be in the team, really. Uh, that means leaving out Tribal. And we haven't even mentioned Francic yet. Um, so they do have options there. Um, I just hope that we don't see um, Emmy Buendia on the bench and, and Lucas Rupp playing on the right midfield Ooh. at home to Southampton in the first game. Nothing against Rupp, of course, but that's a game you need to win. So. Well, I mean, we are, we are talking about... Um, around a piece that I wrote about Farker's Strongest Eleven, I must confess uh, I didn't even mention Lucas Rupp in it. <laughs> and I, that 
isn't because I forgot about him. <laughs> I just didn't, you know, I just don't really see it. I have to be honest. I don't at, rate at him the, at all. At the I'm level. with you, Michael. I don't rate him at all. And in fairness to him, he's only still coming back from a major injury. Yeah, so there is a bit of that He's barely played well. the last two years, really. Exactly. So he's, uh, he's very rusty still. But And I think he was always a signing for next season anyway, be that yep. top flood or be that championship. So I think Rupp's time will come, but maybe not in the next eight or nine games this season. Or, or then it's the top neat flight. and tidy, isn't it? I hate when players are described as neat and tidy. I don't want a neat and tidy player. I want explosive, exciting players. This, this is like when I spoke to Adam Drury and, and everyone went on about how good a one-on-one defender he was. And that was because he was um, so poor um, doing anything else, I think, which I hadn't really taken <laughs> that as to be a backhanded. Or like basically, a, I'm basically slating him for what he couldn't do, but there we go. Um, Dan, it's been three weeks of the Bundesliga. We've had right? five match days. So we've had Luminec. four weekends and one midweek. Yeah, so God. five games. That's lockdown, isn't it? No, no idea what, what day <laughs> of the week it is or how. Uh, how's it been? What have you made of it? Where are the, um, what have you made of the good points and, the, and the, the, the things that haven't worked? The good points is having football back safely and it has worked really well. Um, the fans have kind of stayed away. Um, the, the medical protocols have worked superbly. Um, the five subs rule is brilliant because it means teams, players are tired and they can now rotate mid-game. And you only get three windows during the second half, so you can't make five subs to slow the game down. You've only got three windows to make them in, so, so that works pretty oh. well. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Now, I'm not sure that... if that's happening over here. But in, <laughs> in you, can only, you can only make the subs in three windows during play. Is that right? So half-time you know, doesn't count. They? Yeah, okay. Well, it's up to you. So you can bring on two players on the hour mark, say one on 75, oh. and then two more in the last 10 minutes. Oh, so you're literally, is it a window or is it literally no, on no, 75 no. minutes? No, 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 no. You're only allowed to make three substitution windows. So anytime in, this, in, the, in the game, oh, but only three. So that's to stop teams from making, you know, five one, breaks one, to bring on five players to slow the game down. 100% what Daniel would have done, by the yeah. way. <laughs> from the 80s. I don't know if that's going to happen in the Premier League. Certainly in the Bundesliga, that is, that is the new rule. Um, but I think elsewhere, the whole thing has worked really well. Um, the players, the first match, they were a bit rusty because they were... That they hadn't played games, um, they were leggy, um, but the football's been good. The atmosphere, okay, that's gone completely. Um, but when the game starts, you kind of forget it and you just watch the game. Um, I know some channels have got now the kind of fake crowd noise, which actually works really well from what I've heard of it. It's actually not bad at all. There's someone sat there in a studio with buttons for, for goals and for yellow cards, so you hear the right sound at the right time, so it actually works pretty well. Um, I love that job. You know what? I thought I thought this is going to be rubbish, but I watched the game. I watched the Bayern Dortmund game two weeks ago uh, with um, the fake crowd noise feed, and it works really well because mm. whoever's doing it knows football, so they they know that you know a, a home yellow card has a certain sound of all these boos and whistles, mm. and away yellow card maybe not quite the same. So it's it's good. It works, and I just think you know getting football back was always going to be a challenge, and the Germans have shown it can be done, and theirs is the kind of the roadmap or the blueprint and it's kind of, kind of set the way for the Premier League to come back and for La Liga to come back and, and, and Serie A to come back. So yeah, the Germans have led the way and it's worked really well so far. Um, obviously testing is going on all the time with players, coaches, referees, test, test and test again, which is the right thing to do. Um, it needs the players to buy into it in terms of how they look after themselves between games um, and don't break the rules, don't break the quarantine. Actually, um, the Augsburg coach, uh, Heiko Hurlick, did break quarantine 
um, he went out to to buy some toothpaste and some and some skin cream. Yeah. Um, and okay. as a result, as a result, he was then banned from being on the bench for his team's next game. <laughs> so so there are these protocols that everyone has to stick to, and as long as everyone does and plays by the rules, it kind of works. So literally, not allowed to go to a shop. No. Um, you have to stay in quarantine as a team, as a camp. Wow. And um, yeah, it's to make sure that obviously they're exposed to as few people as possible to make sure it's done as safely as they, as they can do it. There was, a, there was one I thing I want to talk about. Oh, yeah, you can, John. Let me just ask this one first, if I may, because that, it, it was bugging me from the opening week of the Bundesliga when um, I, I couldn't imagine how hard it would have been to commentate when there, when there was no crowd noise to, to bounce off. I can imagine that as a task is, is really difficult. It is, but I've done a lot of games for people like Eurosport where it's been youth games and there is no fans there. So you kind of, you have to modulate your voice. So if you shout over a goal, it sounds silly because there's no one there. But you still reach a certain point where you kind of know, okay, I'll peak here. You know, I, I can't go too big. It might be a great goal, but you can't go too big because it sounds daft when there's no, no fans cheering. So there is that, but you kind of, you know, the game starts and you get used to it and you kind of get into your game head and you just watch the game and okay you the empty stands look strange of course they do um but we've had as i say five rounds of games now we've got what four more to go and it's worked okay so far it's football it's different football but it's football it's recognizable but you know it is how it has to be right now and it's that that's just how it is i don't want to i don't want to break the magic are you at the game are you no. are you watching on streams no I'll kind of tell you what we're doing. Normally, um, in a normal world, we go to Germany and we either do the games from a studio in Cologne or for the big games, we're in the stadiums. Um, for this, um, we have a, a pool of 10 or 12 commentators. There are four based in Germany. So they're doing games from Cologne, um, from the studios there. Uh, there. There are none being done from the stadiums. The rest of the games we're do, doing from a, a studio in Camden. Um, so we're going down there and it's very basic. We've got a big TV and we've got literally curtains between the three guys doing different games. Um, I've been doing games with Mark Schwartz, who's my co-commentator. He sat in the same room, but three meters apart on a different table. Um, we wear masks around the building and obviously take them off to, to, to commentate. So everything is done in, all, in you know, accordance with the league's protocols and it's all done as safe as it can be done. But it's very strange because, you know, obviously you want to be at least in the same country that games are being played. Okay, not in the stadium maybe, but yeah, it's, um, it's been very strange. But I think the Germans have done it right. I think we've done it the best we can in terms of, of the limited um, access to, to the, you know, the studios and stuff we normally have. But it's been okay and we've kind of got on with it. Brilliant stuff. Um, just a couple of uh, things to point out, if I may. Uh, along come Norwich uh, are still selling their masks. If you go onto all their Twitter feeds um, and social media, you'll be able to see them. I, I don't know how many they've got got left, and they are um, create. They've got some of the newer designs. I think they've been doing a great job with selling them, and I think they've raised a huge amount of um, money for various charities. So good on them, um, and obviously stylish accessory. If you want to have a Norwich slant to your mask. Um, so that's good. Good on those guys. Uh, we should congratulate Sam McCallum and Coventry for being promoted as League One um, champions today. And Paul Warren, and of course, uh, a massive Norwich fan and uh, happens to be Rotherham United manager as well. I've been speaking to him every week of this um, 
suspension in football um, for the Athletic. Um, so I'm looking forward to speaking to him this week because we finally have something to actually um, talk about that's happened. So that will be good. Uh, and of course, good luck to Isaac uh, Ford Valdson at Fleetwood and Sean Raggett, who's on loan at Portsmouth. Uh, they will both have League One playoffs to compete in now, which will be exciting. And also Dieng Jasimi at Swindon. He has actually been released by Norwich, uh, but uh, Swindon uh, were confirmed as League Two champions. So maybe there'll be a contract waiting for uh, for DJ there. Well, I hope so, of course. Um, he certainly impressed while he was there. So that was great work. Timu Puki, um, we, we, did we, I think we touched on our midfielders, so that's fine. Uh, I have written a piece over at The Athletic analyzing uh, Timu's season and where it went right and wrong. Um, it struck me, you should give it a read, obviously, but it, it struck me how well he started the season, um, all the things he was, he was doing well. Do, do any of us feel that he can recapture that form or be that, um, that sort of make that kind of impact when football restarts? Or was that a one-shot wonder, Steve? Mm. Um, I, I think I think he can. Um, I mean, it, it will obviously. Um, it, you know, we we kind of need him to. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think your piece broke it down quite well, actually, into the the four acts. Um, act one, obviously, being his his um, fantastic spell at the start of the season, um, and then Act two, which was kind of inevitably going to happen. Where I I don't know that his form necessarily dropped off. I I, I still think it was the, the the players behind him that weren't giving him the service that he needed. Um, and then the third act, um, if we're calling it that, was was the um, the toe injury and what happened thereafter. Um, so I, I I think if we get a fit Pookie, um, and I and I think one thing that, that did drop off when he had the toe injury was the fact that he wasn't as quick. So I think if we get a fit Pookie who's as fast as we saw him last season, then there's there's every reason that he can go on another great run of form, providing the players behind him given that service. Because I don't actually think we've seen a fit Pookie that's not playing well at any stage during his Norwich career. So uh, give him the ball. I, th- I think he can still do it. Dan? I'd agree completely. Um, I think he'll start fresh, as we all will, when the season starts again. Um, and yeah, that toe injury, you can't underestimate how big a blow that was at that point. It was a point when they were playing a lot of games, you know, midweek games, uh, games every weekend, thick and fast. And a toe injury is very, very hard to come over, uh, to overcome. And um, to try and do that in a team that's struggling as well, when you know that they couldn't leave him out because there's no option to come in to take that role and be that player, he had to play. Um, so he's had the rest he's hopefully got over that injury now and he's ready to go again so no reason at all why he can't come back and, and start this restart like he did start the season originally back in August I mean he is without a goal in open play John since uh, the goal he scored at Leicester in mid-December uh, but obviously that's mostly because VAR completely screwed up against Tottenham at Carrow Road which I did mention because it still riles can't wait for VAR to return by the way great <laughs> It's, it's, it's definitely coming back, I take it. There was, yeah. there was, there was okay. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if I heard, you might know this more than me, Michael, but he was having injections in his foot, like numbing injections in his, his certainly, foot. Certainly early on when, it, when, it, when, when he first did it, yeah. So the Wolves game, I think, be. was the first time he'd played, uh, the first time he'd missed or not scored when having four chances on, on target oh. um, in a game. And yeah, playing, playing with his second toe numb. I mean, it doesn't strike me as great. Got to be honest. 
I'm, I'm no medical, you know me, I'm no medical expert, but I would say <laughs> that, that surely his foot would be, his whole foot would be numb. You know how when you get an injection and you have your teeth done, it goes around your face, doesn't it? Yeah. It must have felt very strange, basically. That's what my point is, to play football with a numb foot. And he, he's kind of, he was in the championship. He was so good at kind of just taking those one ch- chance, those little half mm. chances that kind of creeped into the corner. And if you haven't got the full control or, or yeah. feeling of your of your main weapon, your foot, it's going to be difficult to be able to carry on with that, isn't it? And I, I, th- I, th- I felt like it lingered. Um, maybe it lingered in his head as well as physically, I'm not sure, but there were chances he wasn't taking in the sort of the games through February and March, I thought. And, and John's absolutely right, and, but, but that goes for the Premier League as well, I think, because that, the goal that he scored earlier in the game in that Leicester match, was, um, was it was like classic Pookie and, and he couldn't have taken any better. And then, like you say, Michael, he kind of noticeably dropped off um, in terms of his sharpness in front of goal after that. So it, it has to have had an effect. It does indeed. Um, we're rapidly running out of time. Uh, which is a, a joy of Zoom. Now they don't care about lockdown anymore, and I'm not. A, I'm not a pro member, so we are running out of time. Um, we can you just quickly state what the questions were from last week, Steve? Yes. Okay. Because we've got I'll our quiz questions. Oh, actually, how we, quick will this be? Um, eight <laughs> captains under Daniel Farker. That's a good one to start with, isn't it? So, shall I reel those off, or do you want to guess them? I want to guess them. Maybe we should hold off on the answers. Just shall recap the questions, and then okay. add in the pucky ones. Let's do that. Okay. Oof. Bumper, bumper quiz yeah. for next bumper week. Bumper answers whenever, next whenever week. Whenever next on. Special okay. pre-restart. So, eight captains have started under Daniel Farker. Yeah. Can you um, name them? Probably. That's question, that's question yep. one. Uh, <laughs> Let's say we yes. have had. Yeah. We've had two um, goal scorers, other than Tamu Puki, who have scored four times under Daniel Farker in the last five minutes of the game or in injury time. Oh, Can you name those two players? Beautiful okay. question, those. Right. And then three players have started 10 games or more in all of the three seasons under Farker. Who are those three players? Okay, so that was last week's questions. Was it last week? I think yeah, it was, it was last week. It feels like we a while will, ago now. It does. Uh, we will answer those next week. Um, yep. and, and John and Dan can have a think and send us in answers and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll tell them how many they get right if they want in the meantime. Uh, this week, Pookie, of Pookie themed yes. questions, Steve. Tamer Pookie themed questions. Okay, quite enjoyed doing these because it meant looking back at his goals. So he scored <sighs> 41 goals for Norwich. Oof. One of them was a header. Which one? Who, sorry, who was it against, I should say? So who was the headed goal against? Okay. Yeah. Um, apart from that. his two penalties, he has only scored one goal from a set piece scenario. Uh, so who was that against? Um, and it's one of set piece scenarios, not always easy to define, but I think when you, if you remember the goal, you'd be like, oh yeah, it's that one. So uh, <laughs> other than the two penalties. Okay. And then two other questions. So in 1819, so last season, there were four teams that Pookie scored against home and away. Who were they in the oh, league? That. That's a nice question. And then there were four teams also, this is hard, but, you know, get people thinking, yeah. who he didn't score against home or away. So only four oh. out of the 23 that he failed to score against in either game. And so, those are the questions. That, that is, of that all those is questions, wonderful. 
I know the answer to one. I am useless. I'll never want me to go back. So. That's it's right. to last your week though, John. That's 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 yeah. what the question is. You've got a whole week to think about it, don't worry, John. Um that is brilliant, Steve. Um we might not even bother talking about football, we might just do a quiz next week. <laughs> Clearly what, what everyone did during lockdown anyway. That's it for this week's on the ball. Hope you enjoyed it. Of course, if you did, please tell your friends, family, and fellow Norwich supporters. If you'd like to get in touch with us or ask our guests or ourselves any questions you'd like us to answer, then uh, just sling me a tweet or direct message on Twitter at Michael J. Bailey. And in the meantime, it's a big thank you to Steve thank you steve thank you michael thank you dan so much for joining us pleasure what an absolute star john legend good luck everyone come back again and do it uh, soon and of course uh, thanks to all out there for listening and getting involved we really appreciate it we'll be back next week just a few days before norwich's restart against southampton at an empty carrow road and with another edition of on the ball a norwich city podcast from the athletic until then good night (laughs) 